Hello, 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 hello. You're about to hear some real shit from some real people talking about real stuff, maybe getting some real laughs, but we really don't care. My name is Matthew Lavelle. As always, I'm accompanied by my editor and producer, Tom Byers. Our guest today is the one and only Peter Joseph McCormick III. This is the Working Perspectives Podcast. Let's get started. All right, Shake. Let me tell you about the guy we got today. All right. Yes, sir. This guy. This fucking guy. This guy is this a guy. man. This guy is a man. All right. Let me tell you a little story about our buddy, Peter Joseph McCormick III, also known as Party Boy Pete, also known as Magic Man McCormick, also known as Trace, because he's the third. Okay. Right. Buckle so, up. My brother Tom will always say that Pete McCormick is all heart, and it's 100% true. And I'll mm. give you, here's a good story as to why. All right, so uh, Pete McCormick, he was born in Philadelphia in the Somerdale neighborhood. He lived on Sanger Street. It's in the Northeast. Uh, he moved up to Lansdale in sixth grade, right? And this happens, I don't know if this happens as much in football, but it's very prevalent in wrestling where okay. a kid a kid will be like really good as a, as a younger kid. And then when they get to like high school age or whatever, it kind of catches up to them and everyone's at like, you know, they kind of get passed by. Yeah, right? it's a critical age. Exactly. Same thing happens in wrestling, but the adverse happens a lot too where you'll be really shitty as a kid and you're all you're doing, say like if you're a heavier kid, you're wrestling kids that have all matured or started to mature and stuff like that. And you're just a heavy kid, right? So if you're yeah. wrestling as your kid, it's tough. I went through it and our buddy Pete here went through it as well. We had a couple rough patches in middle school, tough to get Ooh, away. A couple tough right? ones. A couple tough ones, right? Then after wrestling in middle school, our boy Pete McCormick here went up to the high school and started wrestling at the high school in ninth grade. Wrestled JV as a freshman, but noticed some improvement. He started to grow. He's got that. He's six foot three. He's 250, 260 pounds. He's a fucking bull. He's got, he's ingrained with generations of like dock working, bar bouncing, back alley brawling, Northeast Philadelphia. Yeah, that's where he gets his muscle. He's got a head like a log. Guy's a freaking <laughs> right? So he wrestled as a freshman. Then in between freshman and sophomore year, our wrestling team, right, North Penn's wrestling team, what they would do is they would have a summer camp where as a team, the whole team would go to a college and we would wrestle other teams at this college, right? So in between freshman and sophomore year, we went to Lycoming University. This is where Pete McCormick's life changed forever because this is where me and him finally met. This All is right. Intense. Oh, okay. This is intense. We shared. <laughs> we so they had dorms there. The way the dorms are set up at Lycoming is that there's like one dorm room and another dorm room, and they share a bathroom, right? Mm -hmm. So we shared a bathroom. I walked in on taking a shit the second day I ever met him, <laughs> right? But anyway, we're uh, we're at Lycoming, and we had it was a we were we know we were good because when I was a freshman I wrestled at LC and so did Tom and this other guy John Deary Tom my brother and we're wrestling at LC LC's not a good team and North Penn was a good team but they were missed they had some gaps so mm. after we were freshmen we went to North Penn and transferred 
And some of those gaps got filled. And we and North Penn went from being an okay team to a pretty good team. So this summer, though, like at this summer camp was the first time that we ever got to gel with the team. So we get there and everyone's gelling and hanging out. And Pete started to notice then that he was getting better. He was winning more matches. He was being very competitive with kids, you know, older kids. Because if you're a heavyweight, you're wrestling upperclassmen most of the time because yeah. it's, a, it's a heavier weight class, right? It's thrown to so, the wolves. Exactly. So as a freshman and sophomore, you're wrestling heavyweight. That's a tough ask because you're wrestling seniors pretty much all the time. Mm-hmm. And there's a big difference in that two-year span from a sophomore to a senior. So Pete uh, ends up doing well there, right? And he meets me, so his life changes dramatically. And then after that, right, where was, okay, I'll, I'll tell this. There was one match there. So we were there, and we were kind of, we're a goofy bunch of guys, right? But we were mm-hmm. all, like, hanging out, playing soccer out front of the dorms. And this team from another school in Connecticut started talking shit, Right. And it was, oh it was only a couple guys outside playing soccer. Then, like, they're talking shit in the windows. Eventually, they all come out, right? And they, like, start jawing at each other. And the counselors had to break it up and be like, hey, get the, you know, go F off somewhere. So the way the wrestling camp was run is that there was two sessions. In the morning, there was, like, a training drilling session. And then in the evening, there was, like, a dual meet session, right, where you would wrestle other teams. So oh, okay. it just so happened that happened on the lunch break in between sessions. And that night we were wrestling that team. So we went out there fucking guns blazing. Like we had a meeting before, like, look, we're kicking this fucking team's ass. They're a bunch <laughs> of pussies. Connecticut can't fucking wrestle. So we went out there and wrestled. Uh, we only lost the agenda. One. Yeah. We only lost one match against that team. And I was that fucking match that we lost. So that kind of, <laughs> yeah. But Pete ended up smoking a guy that looked like Mr. Potato Head. So, <laughs> Either way. So we go we go through camp, right? Then after camp, you have preseason, right? So yes. there's preseason, there's tournament season, there's dual meet season and postseason makeup wrestling season, right? So in preseason, you're coming in, you your wrestling's a year-round thing, so you're already kind of conditioned, but you're coming in there and you're getting your shit together with the team. And in preseason is where they decide the varsity for the upcoming year, right? So mm-hmm. if you're in preseason, right? So coming going coming into this year, uh, North Penn hadn't had a really good heavyweight in a couple years, right? And so one of the captains of the team, this guy Mike Yeager, he went to the football team, which he was the captain of the football team as well. He's starting middle linebacker. He went to college for football. Mike Yeager was good. Double recruited, trouble. Yeah, really badass guy. Good guy. And he recruited one of his good buddies from the football team, this kid Dan Chang. Dan Chang was the strongest kid in the school. He was the number one offensive lineman in the region. And he went D1 for as an offensive lineman. The kid was like bench pressing like 500 pounds. He was a beast, right? Broke like the lifting records at the school. Total beast. Mm-hmm. And Mike Yeager recruited this guy to be the heavyweight on the team specifically, right? He's a, hire, he's a hired gun. Hired gun, exactly. And... There was also another kid named Kagan. Kagan was the starting varsity guy from the previous year, right? So Pete coming into his sophomore year knew that he had the strongest kid in the school that he had to beat and the previous like reigning heavyweight that he would have to beat, right? Mm-hmm. So to even be on varsity. So the way that wrestling works is that they, they have these things called wrestle-offs, right? So there's multiple guys in each weight class. 
but only one guy can wrestle in the weight class. So what they would do is you wrestle the guy, whoever wins gets to be varsity, right? Right. So if you're the returning varsity guy, you had a slot in what was called win night. And win night would be like our, uh, it was like a practice dual meet where the two guys going for the, the, the last two guys remaining going for the varsity spot would wrestle in front of a crowd and they had tickets and it was just like a dual meet, right? So to get to win night, Pete had to beat the strongest kid in the school that went D1 for football and broke all these lifting records, right? Yeah. Not, not going to lie. Everyone likes Pete, but at the time, his track record wasn't great. So not a lot of people thought he was going to go and people were excited for this Chang guy because we mm-hmm. wanted to be like a really good team. So Pete ends up beating Chang. Big upset. And he beat him. He barely beat him, but he fucking beat him. Right? So Took him down. Pete, Pete beats Chang. Right? Big win. So everyone's like, well, fuck. Pete beat Chang. Jesus, there's got to be something going here. That You know, it wasn't. He didn't beat him by like catching him either. He beat him. So Pete makes it to win night. Win night. Now he has to wrestle the returning varsity starter. Right. Mm -hmm. The returning varsity starter, Kegan, had he I think he had like 20 wins a year before. He wasn't like an unbelievable heavyweight, but he was a tough out and he doesn't get pinned and he made you wrestle and he was okay, Right. Yeah. Pete's at win night. Remember, Pete didn't have a win all through middle school. Pete had a decent, you know, freshman year on JV, but Pete hadn't proven himself yet. Pete goes out. No one thought he was going to beat Kegan, ends up beating Kegan, gets the varsity spot. Right. So after the gets, world, exactly. After he gets to the varsity spot, we're still in preseason. So, you know how with football in preseason, you would wrestle, uh, not, sorry, you would play football against like St. Joe's or someone else out of conference, kind of uh, like yeah. test, test your metal. Mm-hmm. So we did that too. And so one of the teams in the area that was like the best team in the region, they were called upper perk. And Upper Perk had like uh, they had like a, a killer squad, right? Yeah. They had won everything the year before. They were complete badasses, right? And they knew they were good, but they didn't know we were good, right? So yeah. we we knew going into this season that we had a good squad, right? We were so good that our coach actually said that we could all have our own individualized entrance music, right? Because he even <laughs> said to us, he was like. You guys could have, you guys got some swagger. Let's get some things going. So yeah. we had a team entrance music, but then everyone was allowed to have their individual entrance music. I remember, I remember three people's entrance music. Dave Witt's entrance music was cool. Joke. I'm a cool <laughs> right? That, that's a real intimidator. Oh yeah. Well, Dave Witt was the best. And then the second one, Tom had the because uh, Lincoln Park had just come out that time, so their first big hit, I forget what it was, but that was Tom's entrance music. And then the way dual meets were designed back then is that the light, lightest guy started and the heavyweight finished, no matter what. So if you had a dual meet, it would always come down to the heavyweights. So Pete's song was "Last Resort" by Papa Roach, right? Fitting, okay. yeah. So we go into our first dual meet, which was against Ben Salem, which was like some nothing team that we could beat the piss out of, right? So we end up beating the piss out of them. We only lost one match as a team, but unfortunately, that match was Pete. But 
Well, I was there. He got caught. And when you're a big guy, Pete's a big guy. He likes underhooks and things like that. Leaves him susceptible for throws where he can get caught in a headlock and be pinned. You know what I mean? Is this like a common thing in wrestling where, like you keep saying, he got caught or it wasn't a case of he caught the guy that he, who did he beat? Um, Chang? No, he didn't catch and that was like a flat out victory. He, he just, but every yeah, once in a while, a guy can get caught and just, exactly. it's like bad luck. So the thing is with wrestling is that you can be one of the top echelon guys and even you can get caught in a headlock and get pinned, right? It's like boxing. Where exactly, exactly. You get to you fight can, a guy a few times in order to say that you really own him. It, 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 in a way, yes. There's the, In wrestling, it's a little different. Like they have this thing called a tech fall. A tech fall is when you beat a guy by 15 points. And if you mm-hmm. beat him by 15 points, you fucking own him, right? Because, <laughs> like, I could be being beat by 10 points, right? But if I catch a guy in a headlock or something yeah. and pin him or in a throw and pin him and I fucking win, even though that guy was spanking the pants off of me. Who, you know who's reffing I mean? these? If I, I don't want to go bird walking too much, but who's reffing these, like, inner squad uh, the, uh, if, uh, so if it's, if it's, if it's at practice, it was one of the coaches, but if it was win night, it was Dr. Jeff Hartman. Okay. And is he, he would be considered an impartial judge? Well, he's also, he's like, uh, he's a certified wrestling referee. So oh, okay. he, he was also a fan of the team. And, he had, and like, like, you know, and he us. grew up with his sons and yeah. I'm and wondering if there are some shenanigans going on here in the, in the wrestling, uh, <laughs> Well, it's, it's actually funny because two years later, me and Pete would wrestle at win night. And it was the reason we wrestled is because I had already solidified the spot for the 215 weight class. Pete had already solidified the spot for heavyweight, but they we didn't have anyone to go against us. So we just wrestled each other, even though we were both varsity at our weight class. And Pete yeah. had taken me down and was on top of me and beat me pretty bad. And Dr. Jeff said, do you guys just want me to get you back on your feet or do you want to end it? And I said, let's stand back up real quick. And then two minutes later, Pete slammed my ass down again. And I was like, all right, Doc Jeff, I think we're done here. <laughs> so, okay. So let's go back. Sophomore year, Pete, he ha- he didn't win in middle school. He had an okay JV freshman year. And then he hasn't won yet and hasn't proven himself yet as a sophomore, right? This then we're coming in. The second dual meet of the year was against Upper Perk. This was a huge rivalry. Now you yeah. have to understand something. There, each high school, I I always feel like each high school, most of them has like a sport that that's the high school sport, right? So like mm-hmm. for for North Penn, football is huge. Obviously, baseball is big. You know what I mean? But like they're drawing a crowd at the Upper swimming Perk. Swimming ones too. Swimming, yeah. At Upper Perk, wrestling was king, and there wasn't even a close second. Not right. even close. So the way they did it, right, they have what's called a spotlight where the entire gym is all black and all it is is just one light shining down on the wrestling mat. So it's a pretty badass atmosphere and they <laughs> sell out. So we go to Upper Perk, right? Now, a couple things you need to know before we get started, right? There's scoring involved in dual meets. If you just beat a guy, your team gets three points. If you beat a guy by eight points, your team gets four points. If you tech fall a guy, your team gets five points. And if you pin a guy, your team gets six points, right? Right. So going into this, we had a strategy where, because they had a bunch of good guys, that if they sent out this one guy who sucks, we're sending out our really good guy. So what we did was, is we had this guy, Mike Dematsis, 
he weighed in at 135. But even though he weighed in at 135, he could be sent out at 135, 140, or 145, right? Mm-hmm. So what we did is, okay, so we get to the match, right? And our so North Penn, I wasn't wrestling varsity at this time, but this was sophomore year. So we get there. Our team comes out onto the mat, and it's a packed house. Standing room only. Packed house, right? Yeah. And we're there. Our team comes out. We run around, and we do, like, our thing. The, the crowd is just raining booze down, just, like, torrential raining booze. <laughs> just crushing us, right? So – after after we do like our warm up thing, we everyone meets in the middle. We do a yell, and then you're supposed to go to your bench. But instead, we stood on the side of the mat during their warm up, kind of like interrupting their warm up, right? Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, the lights were on. All of a sudden, lights go out. D- DJ starts playing music, and he's like, bam, 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 and he's like, now introducing your section twenty two. District 11 postseason champ. <laughs> District 11 dual meet champs. Southeastern region champions. Upper Perkyoman Indians. And they start running out. And the whole stands starts chanting, Tribe! 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 This place is fucking rocking. It's fucking going nuts. It's crazy, so it's like, right? It's the energy of a crazy football stadium packed into a gymnasium. Like it's an indoor energy- gymnasium. It's the energy of, uh, it's, it would be more like, it's the energy of like a UFC fight meets like a back alley brawl, just people going nuts. And you have to like understand. A human sacrifice is about to happen or something. Oh yeah, dude, you have to understand, Upper Perk 2 is a backwards ass place. Wrestling, <laughs> wrestling is their fucking shit. Yeah, they well they used to play, they used to play LC in football all the yeah. time. Yeah. So yeah. I have, yeah, I've been there many times and, and yeah. I've dealt with the, uh, the locals. Yeah, there's some fucking black jawed yokels for sure. So anyway, right? Pete was told going into this match, if it came close to the end, they might put in Kagan, even though Pete beat Kagan, because they couldn't risk Pete getting injured, right? Because they were like, Pete, he tries throws a lot, he put himself in awkward positions, things like that. But Pete knew, he's like, no, coach, I can do it, right? So we get to the meet, right? First match comes up, we got our guy Joe Radisoni goes against this kid Kyle Hartung and beats him. Big win, 3 nothing. So we're up 3 nothing on the score, right? Then our buddy, everybody's pal, John Deary, goes out there and he majors his kid, which is a major position, one by eight. So that's four points. So we're up 7 nothing. Then the fucking cool kid of the Cuyahoga, Dave Witt, <laughs> goes out and pins his kid. Dave Witt pins his guy. Now, you have to understand, Dave Wood had this kid pinned six times, but we're in their house, and they had a hometown rep, so he didn't get it, but eventually he got the pin because it was blatant, right? So he yeah. pins him. So now we're up 13-0. Then 125 comes around. This is kid Pat Wertan. Pat Wertan loses. Uh, I think he loses, and it's, so it's 13-3, uh, right? Then we're at 130, where that's my brother, Tom. Tom goes out and beats the pants off this kid, Luke Curley, right? Another mm-hmm. three points for us. So now that's 17 to three, right? Then here's where it gets tricky, right? So remember how I, so the way it is in wrestling is that uh, you, so you alternate who sends out the guy first, right? So we got to 135. We send out a guy named Frank Schoendorfer. Now he was decent, 
but he wasn't like, you know, end of the, end of the, he wasn't like the best ever. And they sent out this kid named Devin Smith, who was a really good wrestler. I think he made it to States. Devin Smith, and they did this intentionally because they knew Devin would beat Frank. So Devin goes out and pins Frank, right? Uh, hold on, hold on. So one of one school sends out a wrestler, exactly. and then the coach, the coaching staff of the other school, yes. makes a decision. Yes. Like based on what you sent out. Yep. I'm, I'm going to send out. Second. Okay. Exactly. Because they were like, because they had a bunch of guys weigh in at different weight classes. Yeah. So they're yeah. like, look, we we put because we knew if we sent out Dematsis, they're not sending out. They're, you know what I mean? Because they don't want to risk whatever. Mm-hmm. So, but we knew we would get them back because they we had Dematsis. So we send out Schoendorfer. Schoendorfer gets pinned. So it's 13 to or 17 to 9 at this point, right? Mm-hmm. So then 17 to 9, then it's uh, 140, right? So that was 135. This is 140. Now, this is where it gets incredible, okay? So we had a kid on our team. This kid's name was Steve. Cabot. And I fucking love Steve Cabot. <laughs> Steve Cabot is like, he's just fucking, he's fucking Steve Cabot, right? So Steve Cabot goes out and wrestles this guy, Christian Floyd. Christian Floyd was a decent wrestler. I think his name is Christian Floyd. Or his last name is Floyd. But either way, he, uh, he goes out and wrestles this this uh, kid, and he he's they're going back and forth. It's a really tight match. Both teams need this weight class. This is like a toss-up weight class. We know who's going to win. At the last second, Steve Cabot, right, takes down the guy and wins by one point, right? And wow. as and the crowd is going apeshit this whole time. So as they raise Steve hand, Steve's hand to win, he flips off the crowd. At the <laughs> so now the crowd's going fucking crazy, right? They're like, and they're throwing, because there's, there's no lights. So they're throwing shit at us the whole time, right? So then we get That's to- wild. Wait, wait, wait. So during the match, there's no lights? There's only one light over the wrestling mat. So you Even can't during see- the match? During Oh yeah, dude. Oh, it- I thought this was like just for intros. No. The whole match, it's com- the gym's completely black except for this one is- That's some wild it's shit, man. Intense, man. It's fucking intense. It's like right. blood sport. So Cabot wins, right? So now it's 20 to 20 to 9, right? So then we have Dematsis coming up, and they sent out some Beely guy. Dematsis, Dematsis pins him, right? So now it's 26 to 9, and we're feeling pretty good because we have Zach Freiling coming up, who's would end up placing third at States that year and be a two-time state champion and like a runner-up at Beast of the East, multiple fucking total stud. So we're like, oh, we're good. So 152 is the next weight class. So think about it. We're up. 26 to 9 at this point, right? So he comes out, and what happens? First period, Zach Freiling gets pinned by this machine named Mark Smith. Mark Smith was a legend. He broke the record for pins for a freshman, pins in a career. He broke, I think he broke the win record at the high school he was at. He was a fucking stud, right? He went full ride to East Stroudsburg, and he was the master of the headlock. He could hit it from anywhere. Ends up hitting Zach in a headlock. And the ref kind of did a quick pin, but they still got it, right? So it's now, uh, it's 26-17 it's now, right? Yes. Then, next up, Brandon Hill. Brandon Hill's a tough kid. My dad used to say, my dad had two kids on the wrestling team at the time, 
and he would openly say that his favorite wrestler on the wrestling team was Brandon Hill because <laughs> Brandon Hill was he was out there he was he was out that there. Sounds very believable. Yeah, Brandon was a tough, tough kid, tough, tough kid, and he was out there he was out there to brawl, right? And everyone liked watching him because he was a fucking he was a drag out brawler, right? So he ends up wrestling this guy Derek Zink, who was a fucking stud. He would only lose one match that year, and it was in the state finals, right? Wow. So. Yeah, and his Zarek Zink ends up tech falling, tech falling Hill, which was huge. So instead of six points, it was five. So now it's twenty-two to twenty-six, right? So now it's, it's getting, getting down. It's getting hairy. Yeah. So no, it's seventeen plus five. Yeah, twenty-two. So then it's getting down. We have three matches left. Okay. So we have this kid at one seventy-one, right? I'm not gonna lie. We'll probably have to end up cutting his name. I did not like this guy. All right. <laughs> there's two there's two different types of seniors. Okay. Right? Two different types of seniors. There are seniors that go out and they're like leaders and they're upperclassmen, but they're not assholes. And then there's the other type where they're upperclassmen, they're assholes, and they suck. Right? Mm-hmm. That was this guy. Did not like this guy. Either way, he goes out and loses, right? So now it's 25-26. Okay, so now it's like, fuck, they came back. Shit. Then we have 189 at 189. Right. We have this guy, Mike Yeager. Mike Yeager was good, but he's going against this guy named Mike Pearson. Mike Pearson was really good. Right. Yeager, I fucking loved him. He was a leader. He was an upperclassman. He was a senior captain. and He was a fucking leader. Fucking, <laughs> I can't say enough good things about this guy. Really big fan of Mike Yeager. Mike Yeager ends up losing. So now we went from being up right to it's. 20 they we have 26 right and they have 28 okay so it's pete's second match at varsity and it's a must win if he doesn't win we lose as a team right and our whole dreams are shot right so we go out there right and you have to understand the crowd they were down big but then the big point swing and they came back and now they're ahead 28 26 yeah. back and forth and you gotta remember they're watching basically trained combat right so they go out it's the final match pete and, and like i remember tom is saying to me he's like i'm just, he's like i'm just fucking praying he went up to pete he's like pete just fucking win you know please they're fucking <laughs> praying right this is like a big big no one's beating these guys in years they've yeah. been fucking animals right so Pete goes out, and it's the first period, right? And they have their crowd. Their crowd is going nuts. They're going nuts chanting for this guy. But you got to remember, right? My dad was there. John Deary's dad was there. Joey Radisoni's dad was there. Pete's dad was there. Mr. Hill was there. Cabot's dad. Like, we had stands for these rough, like, ex-veteran, badass <laughs> son of a So Mr. Deary is reading our whole stands chanting, Pete, Pete. <laughs> the whole time, right? And what happens? Yeah. What fucking happens? What Pete happened? McCormick is all fucking heart, and he ends up winning the match and winning the meet, and it was yeah. the biggest upset. And after he's coming off the mat exhausted, some 80-year-old guy came up to him and said, I'm going to meet you in the parking lot, and I'm going to kill you, right? So he fucking <laughs> the after this, right? So he's all heart. Not to mention, he would do this five more times this year wow. right the same thing five more fucking times so he knew every dual meet was coming down 
to the end, to him, and he's all heart, and he never let us down, and he always came through, and he's a fucking winner. So I would like to introduce now, after that, I would like to introduce one of my best buds, right? Nothing but love for this guy. Pete, we all know you're great. We all know you're doing awesome. I just want to know, have you seen the movie Bohemian Rhapsody, and what did you think about it? Because I thought it fucking sucked. How are you? What's going on? I did see Bohemian Rhapsody. It is my favorite movie of all time. So I did some with that. But this is all uh, this is a lot of hype to live up to. You lived up to it already, Pete. You're Matt all tells hard, a man. Matt tells a half hour story and then at the very end sneaks in Bohemian Rhapsody. The movie fucking sucked. Did That's how he really rolls. Like, did you really I, like that movie, Pete? I really but I also like Freddie Mercury, I think is like the greatest singer of all time. Yes. performer. So I, agree. I, you know, I agree. Yeah. I got nothing. Yeah, Matt's hypercritical. <laughs> it's nothing against Freddie. It's nothing against Queen. I love the music. I love the band, right? That movie just fucking sucked. I couldn't. They did even a good job it. on the teeth, though. I, I I was like, oh, that's that's the, that's the teeth, right there. We can go. You imagine? Can you imagine being a gay guy, fucking seeing that fucking wood chipper coming at you? Jesus, <laughs> oh, man, yeah. I'd be like, hey, buddy, just hit the high note. We're good, pal. Yeah, I just keep singing for a little beforehand, bit. Yeah, Jesus Christ. So, <laughs> I know, I know, it was a little much in the intro, but I couldn't help myself, man. I was fucking there that night, and that well, was a yeah, fucking. Yeah, that's a great time. story. Matt, you know what you, you – I don't think you know this because you weren't on the team freshman year, but that was actually my third varsity match. Oh. Freshman year, the, the first match of the year, Kegan got sick, and we go against Methacton, and it came down to me in that match, and I got pinned in 30 seconds. Oh, wow. Oh, well, That's a rough I one. I wasn't there, so it doesn't <laughs> fucking count. Methacton. Yeah. I wasn't there. It doesn't fucking count. So, yeah, so that- man, <laughs> do you have to overcome that as well? Jesus fucking Christ! So you exactly. already had the, you had the stigma and everything, and guess well, what? It, you're, you're all fucking heart. Exactly. I guess I'll give you a little bit of background. Like Matt, Matt talked about, you know, we were at the wrestling camp with that dual meet, and, yep. and he talked about Steve Cabot. And you know that like uh, that saying, "Don't let your mouth cash checks, your ass can't uh, cash yeah, yeah, or whatever." Yeah. Don't write it. Well, Steve yeah. was the one that would write the checks for everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> So he against this Connecticut team, Steve's talking all this trash. <laughs> yeah, he, he knew he could beat his guy, but my guy was like six foot seven, and I was a yeah. sophomore. Yeah, I, I hadn't even grown social hair yet, and this is the guy I had to beat, and and I did end up beating him. But you know, it was I was like, oh man, like this guy's gonna fuck me up. But but he didn't. Oh, you know, man. I ended up I ended up beating him. Yeah. He was. Then, yeah, that, that's yeah. that. Yeah, that summer was when I kind of turned into a good wrestler. Where it's like. Because I remember I wrestled another guy that was much better than that guy. And you know how, like, you have, like, the sweet spot in sports, like in, in baseball, when you hit the home run and you know you, yep. you did it right, but you don't even remember swinging the bat. Like, it yep. just kind of – it just happens. Yep. Like, like, I wrestled some guy that was much better than me, and I pinned him, and I didn't even remember how doing it. I'm like, oh, like, this is kind of weird. Like, I'm doing stuff. I, I don't even know what I'm doing, and I'm winning. <laughs> but it felt pretty good. Yeah. Pete would end up – Pete's being modest. Pete would end up getting a full ride to Drexel for wrestling. Oh, not a full ride. Not I. I got in there, but not a full. You have to shit over every story. For this is a fiction podcast. Yeah, slippery rock did offer me a scholarship, but that wasn't quite Drexel. How how many? So how many D one wrestling programs are there in college? There's about eighty, eighty five, eighty five, right? And this fucker, there's eighty five D one opportunities to wrestle in all of the United States, Mm -hmm. right? And this guy got, uh, I guess, a partial scholarship 
to not only the best engineering school in the country, but one of the top 20 wrestling programs in the country as well. So yeah, he ended up, Pete ended up being pretty good. He was actually my fault. We were at this tournament called the beast of the East when we were seniors and Pete was wrestling in the semifinals to go to the finals of, and they said this at the tournament, this was, this was the toughest tournament in the history of high school wrestling. They had compiled more ranked nationally ranked wrestlers at this tournament that had ever been at any other tournament ever. Right. We ended Amen. up placing, we ended up placing fourth as a team, but Pete was wrestling in the semifinals and it went into overtime. And, uh, I had shown them this move called a barrel roll. And, uh, I told him Pete, I was like, Pete, your fucking barrel rolls money, man. It's fucking money. Well, he went out and tried the barrel roll and got caught and lost, and it was my fucking fault. So, <laughs> yeah, it was not up. your fault. Did you Is place the third? first apology? I, uh, you... I I placed fifth, yeah. uh, eighth junior year, fifth uh, senior year. Yeah, at the toughest tournament in the nation, Pete ended up being ranked in the top fifty in the country at heavyweight as a senior. Had yeah. he not had he not gotten sick, Pete was favored top twenty five. Top twenty five. <laughs> You're 17, right? You're 17th, right? I think I was 25 on the dot. Ah. But Pete ended up – had Pete not gotten pneumonia as a senior, he was he was, he was was picked to, to like, place in the top three at the Pennsylvania State Championships as a senior, which he probably would have. And I'm, but, I'm jealous of all that. I, I love – like, I really am jealous of, like, the wrestler's career lifestyle thing going on, like – with football and all the other team sports, obviously, like you go as the team goes. You know what I yeah. mean. So, if you're, a, you know, for example, a great pitcher. I didn't play baseball in high school, but if you're a great pitcher, but the rest of the team sucks, you could go out there and have like, uh, you know, yeah. a dozen wins in a season, and your yeah. team's horrible, and you you might make the first round of the playoffs and exit. But like, yeah. if you're a great wrestler, I know that you guys have like dual meets and all of that stuff. But it's pretty right. awesome that you just go out there and dominate. You know exactly. Yeah, you're like, you're 100 really cool. right. and you control there your is, own destiny. Yeah, there is like a dual meet facet where they have like you know the best dual meet team, right? They'll have like a dual meet kind of thing. But mm-hmm. when it when it comes to like wrestling postseason, it matters when it comes to like the tournaments, and that's when you really see like the individuals of a team. Like that's you know they did. Yeah, we had we always when we were there. I mean, not me, but the team had a good showing. <laughs> And a lot of stuff, but uh, okay. So enough wrestling for now. We're gonna move on a little bit. So Pete is currently a director of income tax accounting and compliance, right? Which means he's a big hotshot, uh, you know, numbers guru, right? So, but before that, Pete's had another job. Pete's dad owned a deli, A and M Cold Cuts. Pete, A and N Cold Cuts. Uh, righty, that's the name. A N N Cold Cuts. It's in the Northeast. What was the street it was on? It was on Oakland and Sheltonham Ave. Jesus Christ! I didn't know it was on Sheltonham Ave. I knew it was. Oh yeah. Well, it was all the way down on Sheltonham, I guess. But so yeah. So Pete, when did you start working at your dad's deli? I started working there in uh either eighth or ninth grade. Yeah, I remember your dad had a saying: the reason he had kids because he wanted free labor. Right, it's true. He did <laughs> like the free labor. He was a fan of that. <laughs> but, but he Pete was also all... a fan of paying us uh, below minimum wage, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if if at all. 
Yeah. That's a great line. There's a lot of rules. Like, like, yeah, like you don't have to pay minimum wage if you're it's your kids. And I'm like, is this actually like a law now, or was he just saying that to me so I wouldn't ask any questions? <laughs> it's a gray area. Yeah. yeah, he's like, hey, don't ask, don't tell. All right. Yeah, but he was so. But Pete also developed a great skill of being a sandwich technician. All right. This guy makes a sandwich. Now, this is what I appreciated about AN Cold Cuts. All right. They revolutionized the game. You want to know why? Because if you were a strajoule, as Pete and his family would put it, and got vegetables on your meat sandwich, right? <laughs> they would put the vegetables on first, then the cheese, then the meat. Right. This is what so people don't understand. Most hoagies are made improperly. You, you open it up and everything just falls out. Exactly. You, put, you put the vegetables on the bottom. You put the meat on, then the cheese as a layer, and then the meat. Put the little life in there. Put you know, you just give it a little slice and it packs it down, and you're good to go. Yeah, and you're not opening up your sandwich and it's falling everywhere, or your hoagie and it's falling everywhere. Right? Genius. Right? Or Genius. or or as as the kids in my neighborhood would call them, can I get one of them upside down, Johns? <laughs> <laughs> this has been That's, the most Philadelphia moment in podcast history. Right. Can you get one of them upside down, Johns? Yeah. Yeah. With the but scoop yeah. roll. That's what everybody I, I worked at places uh, where people request a scoop roll. Yeah. They can go yeah, suck you, it. You, you got the people that do the scoop roll. I, I was not a <laughs> scoop roll guy, but at the, nah. at the same time. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I worked on the main line for a while in some very well, it's a very Jewish area. And I'm not going to lie, the Jewish love the scoop roll. They love a scooped roll. Mm. You know, love it. Big fan of the scooped roll, the Jewish. You know, I don't There's know why. in there. Yeah. I guess they wanted more schmutz. I don't know. But yeah, so Pete worked at the deli till college or did you work there when you were in college? Yeah, my dad sold the deli my freshman year, so I worked there a little bit. Fresh. I did like maybe two shows. At that point, I was actually on the Drexel wrestling team. Yeah. And we had three practices a day, plus all oh. my classes, uh, plus oh. mandatory study hall. So there wasn't really uh, time time yeah. for working. Yeah. And there's like Drexel's a real squad for wrestling. It's a real tough school. But so one of the big things too. Um, so uh, okay, so. <laughs> Pete, uh, when he was uh, going into his freshman year of college, right, me and Pete, uh, we developed a taste for this stuff called alcohol, right? <laughs> and we loved a good party. But Pete is Pete was 6'3 and, you know, 260 when he was a, when he was a junior in high school. So by the time he was a senior, he had a full beard and he was a big-ass hoss. So what Pete would do is that he would go to work at the deli during the day on his way back from working at the deli, he would stop at this place called J Deli in Cheltenham, and he would get Budweiser 40s and just fill his trunk. He had a cooler in his trunk <laughs> the whole summer. At all times. Kept, yeah, in his Toyota Corolla, 1990 Toyota Corolla. And I, I had watched that movie with Matthew McConaughey. What's the all right, all right, all right movie? Oh, Days and Confused. And that scene where he opens up his trunk and there was just like yeah. a ice with beer. I'm like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. So I went and I got the crappiest fake ID ever. Like I went exactly. to this printing center where they would just like take your picture and you would just tell me your age. And on it, it just said, this is not a real ID. But Jay Deli didn't care. They were like, all right, this is like it has his name and his uh, As long his as age. the cash is real. Yeah, exactly. As long as, so then I, you know, I just I always had my my, my, uh, my 
my trunk full of beer, ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, and eventually, awesome. eventually, they didn't even ask for his ID. They were just like, oh, hey, big fella. Yeah. <laughs> so he would get tons of beer. We'd be, you know, we'd be drinking. And I'm not going to lie. I'll say this. And I don't know if you guys are agreeing. Shake, I don't know if you ever partook. But to me, in high school and when you're underage, it was so much easier to get, like, like drugs and stuff like that than it was to get alcohol. To get alcohol as an underager, it was a chore, you know, until you developed like a, like you would like one, you'd have to be, have a car because you'd have to drive a far place. You'd have to have money because one, you had to buy it and two, you had to pay for the gas to get there. Right. And then three, you'd have to know someone who looked like they were 30. Right. So that to me always. Yeah. Because the black market is already established for, for weed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially back then, because nothing was really legalized, especially around our area. So, like, if you were 30 or if you were 16, you still had to go to the same people to get weed, you know, whereas alcohol was the opposite. It had, you know, regulation. And and we've talked about that, about how when you're a kid and, you know, you're in middle school or high school and you and finally you get a contact, somebody that's like, all right, fine, I'll get, I'll get you alcohol. What do you want? Yeah. As a kid, you don't go... Uh, can I have a six pack of Bud Light? Like you say, no, I want 151. I want the most powerful destroy your brain alcohol because this might be the last time you ever get me anything. And yeah. I need it. I need this to count. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas weed is up. different. Weed, you're getting like the lowest shittiest weed at the, you know, as a kid, because the dealer knows they can give you anything they want and you have no idea how to, how to, you know, judge it. And, and you can only raid your parents' liquor cabinet so many times before yeah. they, they put the vodka in the freezer and it freezes and they realize, oh, shit, this is water. And you're yeah, like, oh, yes. I didn't expect you yes. to do that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I had a, um, a buddy, real quick story. I had a buddy whose um, – his dad was divorced and he had a stepmom. Um, and his dad was like sowing his wild oats kind of guy where – he would have his stepmom around, but they were always partying and drinking and having a good time. They weren't like regular parents that were just angry all the time and, and upset. Um, and <laughs> when they would go out on the weekends, he had a liquor cabinet. And like Pete, you said, we would drink as much as we could and fill up with water if we could. And one time they came back home, I guess they forgot something. And we had just like pint glasses full of vodka or whatever it was, just disgusting, you know, high school kids that don't know what they're doing and how to, you know, what they're drinking. So they came back and we had all this stuff sitting on the counter and they come moseying in and we're like terrified. We think that we're like screwed, like, Oh shit. They just walked in and caught us. And they just, they sat right next to us on the counter and they started drinking the alcohol that we had poured for ourselves. And and like, I'm thinking back on it. It's like, listen, this is a pint glass, which is 80% vodka and 20% like Sprite. How are you drinking this and not realizing that you did not pour this for yourself? You know, like <laughs> no adult should. Ex- and the answer is they were horrible alcoholics. That's yeah. that's what the, they were down for that. So yeah. <laughs> I remember uh, my dad when I, so my parents split up when I was a sophomore and I was living with my mom and then eventually she threw me out and I had to live with my dad. And when I was living with my dad, his whole thing was because he was ex-military. He's like, I've seen kids, you know, that are 17 years old and 18 years old die for their country, but they couldn't even have a beer. And I was like, all right, dad, that's great. You know, and he's like, <laughs> if you and he like he drank every night, he would drink and like smoke cigars and watch Scent of a Woman. 
So, <laughs> so he just kind of wanted someone to buddy around with. So he would buy me beer and be like, look, when you're at the house, if you want to have a couple beers and hang out with me, you can. And I was like, right. yeah, I was like, <laughs> but eventually what I would do is uh, I would do these things called maniac Mondays. You remember them, Pete? Boy, were they fun. Uh, I would get like five or six beers and hide them in my room. And then I wake up early for school. And I remember I was reading the book, the Lord of the Rings, the two towers. And I was reading that book. So I would read that book and drink beer before school. And then Bach would come pick me up and then I would go to school, you know, blitzed. And it was, uh, (laughs) it was great. It was great. And and do zero homework, I assume, right? I didn't do homework even when I wasn't drunk, but (laughs) 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 it was, it was, uh, I'll tell you what, it was great until about the third period. And then you're like, this is fucking torture. I'm going, <laughs> I'm having a smoke and I'm going to bed. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. But so either way, yeah, I agree. Tougher to get booze than it was to get any other type of drug. So moving on. So Pete went after uh, Pete went from working at the deli to now he's in college and he's got a bunch of buddies on the wrestling team. And one of these buddies ended up having a connect to work at, this place called McFadden's at the ballpark, right? And what they were doing is they were bouncing at McFadden's at the ballpark. Now you have to remember. We were so, technically called goodwill ambassadors ah, because they thought that people were scared of the term bouncers. They're like, oh, look, if we just call them goodwill ambassadors, <laughs> no one will notice them throwing out all the drunk people. Yeah. So Pete, uh, so you have to remember too, this is when McFadden's was the hottest spot in the city. Okay, this was before like the Comcast zone or whatever it's called was built. McFadden's was the only thing down there. The link wasn't open. And like, you know, the Phillies were kicking ass. So every game was sold out. McFadden's was packed. You would go there and it was like it was like the best time to have go to a game, go to McFadden's. It was like the best night you could have in the city. But explain this better. So McFadden's was an established bar somewhere else in Philadelphia. And then they yeah, opened it, it, one at the ballpark, but it was yeah. like, you didn't have to go to the game to go into it, right? It's, nope, it's actually the, you're like out, a lot of, yeah. it's just it, literally it, in, up against the building of Citizens correct. Bank Park. Yeah, so, so it's a chain. There was like, I think the original may have been in Boston, it was in New York, and then there was one in Philadelphia on like 3rd and Spring Garden. Yeah. It was oh, a real okay. popular bar, bro yeah. bar. And then, yeah, then, then they opened up a... Uh, Citizens Bank Park, and it was the one, the only thing that wasn't run by Aramark. Yeah, it was its own establishment, its own liquor license, and uh, yeah, you didn't you if you went into the bar and you wanted to go into the game, you had to show your tickets going back and forth, which always caused problems. Yeah. And I started bouncing there actually when I was nineteen, so I wasn't even old enough to drink. <laughs> and uh, and I like like I actually always had a baby face, so like I was large, but I'd be in there and people would be like, what, what do you tell me to do, kid? And I'm like, yeah, but I'm much larger than you. And it, it's very <laughs> easy to, to tell you what to do yeah. because yeah. like you, like you can't stop me. But really there was like all these like older ladies that would get mad at me. Like, Oh, you can't tell me to bring this. I'm like, I didn't write these. I didn't write the rules. I'm yeah. 19. I'm getting paid $11 an hour. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. He's like, I've been in six fights already tonight. And yeah. Well, oh. and that's the thing too. It, it was it was Philly fans, like you know, yeah. it was Phillies and and Eagles fans, and so like yeah, like fights happened all the time, especially if the Yankees were in town or the Mets were in town. Um, yeah. Somebody so, would you know like, and so it'd be common for someone to, to pour a beer on somebody, you know, with like a Dallas Cowboys jersey, and I'd be like, look, like uh, 
you can stay, but you have to change that jersey because I'm not going to keep throwing everybody out as they keep t- dumping more and more beer on you for wearing that shirt. Like I, I know it doesn't seem fair, but I'm paying, I'm getting paid eleven dollars an hour, and I'm trying to do the least amount of work possible. Yeah, like I don't even like taking out the garbage, and right now you're the garbage. So well, and, and also when I was working there, the great thing is that, that was when Pennsylvania decided to outlaw smoking in bars. Which was great to explain to someone like, oh, sure, drink poison and have unsafe sex with strangers, but <laughs> lay, lay off the cigs while you're at it. Yeah, yeah. Try lighting up a cig and your ass is out of here. You can go blow five lines in the bathroom, but if I see one lighter come out and you fucking light one up, you're done. Yeah. Yeah, they were – yeah. So Pete would uh, – so people – gosh, McFadden's was – so I'll tell you what too, and – I had season tickets for the Eagles for, for 12 years. Me and Tom had season tickets for the Eagles for 12 years. And I got in more fights. I'm your brother. Other, I'm my brother. Sorry. <laughs> me and my brother, me and my brother, Tom, we'll just call him asshole. So me and my brother, asshole, we had season tickets at the Eagles for 12 years. And I'll tell you this right now. I got in more fights with other Eagles fans than any away fans. Like probably like 10 to one. Right. So when you're in like, and plus two, it's a very much a gang mentality. It's an us versus them. So even though like, say I got into an argument with an Eagles fan, I would defend that Eagles fan later against an away fan. It's just the way it went. Right. So Pete was working at McFadden's. Yeah. I remember you got Hannah a job there. You got like a, you, you know, you had started a whole racket there. I got people uh, working over there. Yeah. So, but Pete would, I remember you told this story and I don't know if you remember it, Pete, but it's a fucking classic. So Pete tells a story about, uh, so at this time, the Phillies are really starting to get hot. This was around when they won the world series and then went back to the world series. It was all during that time. And, uh, Pete was working there and the biggest rival of the Phillies at this time was the New York Mets, right? Which is, Mm -hmm. they probably still are, right? But New York fans travel and New Jersey fans travel, right? So what a lot of the times, I remember Pete uh, brought up an incident where he was bouncing at McFadden's and the Phillies were playing the Mets and a group of, I think it was like 30 New York City firemen came as Mets fans to the Phillies game, (laughs) right? And they end up- Isn't this how I pronounce you Chuck and Larry? I think that's what you're describing is. New York York firemen. Yeah. Mets fans. And yeah, so they ended up going to the bar afterwards. And Pete, did anything ever happen? I don't know. Do you remember? Oh, man. Yeah. So so these New York firemen get in there. And number one, we didn't know it was a firehouse or or how big this group was. There was just one guy that was, you know, kind of being a dick and his friends were kind of annoying him. So the one. So basically, we'll say like half the bouncers were wrestlers or former wrestlers. And everyone kind of like our, our head bouncer was like the first guy I knew that was in MMA. So this was like 2004-ish before like really anybody knew what the UFC was. And the head bouncer was actually like a sparring partner, Freddie Alvarez, a guy that would go on to be, you know, UFC champ. Um, mm-hmm. so, so like we had some tough guys there. But, you know, the, the one the one guy that was in a judo goes to throw this guy out grips him up by the collar, actually throws him over his shoulder and slams him. And the fireman didn't like that understandable, but at the same time, the guy was being an ass. So we go to start kicking him out and we're just realizing there's more and more of them. Like I think there's 10 bouncers on and there's 30 firemen. And at one point (laughs) I get separated from the other bouncers and five guys have me jacked against the wall. And I didn't know what to do. 
So one guy's trying to punch me, and they just kept moving my head, and he kept punching the wall. <laughs> Eventually, one of like the one of the the sweepers, the guys that would clear out the roofs, starts like trying to push guys away, and it gave me just enough room to like wiggle out, and I start hitting every wrestling move I've ever hit in my entire life. I'm like double legging <laughs> guys across the bar, slamming them, and then going on to the next guy because I'm like, if I stay in one spot too soon, I'll get surrounded. Yeah, we're, we're taking them out, and eventually, like I got one guy out. And this old, like, uh, this old white cop's like, what's going on? I'm like, oh, we're getting these guys out. He's like, oh, you have to get these guys out. Okay. And he just takes out his mace and maces the guy right in my arms. Holy like, shit. I've never seen any. <laughs> so I just Whoa. let go of the guy and he just falls down and starts, like, crying. He's like, my eyes, my eyes. Yeah. Holy shit. So eventually, Easy. you know, we're able to, we get enough cops in there. We get it under control. We get everything settled. And our reward was that we didn't have to pay five dollars for our sandwiches for lunch. We got them for free. <laughs> it was, it was, a, was, it was nice. a day game. It was a day game. It was. It was a. Yeah, I think it was like a Saturday day game. <laughs> That's yeah. so funny, man. And oh then it. God. And this was like a recurring thing. Like these, like these got like these. It was like cops and firemen from New York or New Jersey. And they were like large guys. Like they kept getting yeah. bigger every time they came back because yeah. then they were like, "Oh, these these bouncers like to beat up firemen." And I'm like, yeah. "I've never beaten up a fireman in my life. I just <laughs> the guy got drunk and he got yeah. tossed. Like, what do you? <laughs> They're going after the firemen. <laughs> so that yeah, what, like bouncers and all these fire. Don't you guys like yeah. not be on fire? Because we'll light you on fire. Natural There's like another time where this like this new 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 Jersey State Trooper comes in, and I'm a big guy. I'm like six three at the time. I was probably two eighty, and in pretty good shape because I was wrestling. But this guy was like six foot eight, three hundred and twenty pounds, and jacked. And he starts acting a fool. And I'm the biggest bouncer, so they tap me like Pete. You're not to get this guy out here. I'm like, oh shit, what am I gonna oh, do? Man. So that's when Judah, the head bouncer, I was telling you about like the first guy oh, in MMA. So, so Judah, he's about six foot tall, 155 pounds, soaking wet. If you looked at him, you wouldn't see him. Yeah. And Judah comes up and I'm like, okay, it's me and Judah. I'm like, Judah, what are we going to do? And he smiles at me. And that's when I realized he has a mouthpiece in that says Fight Factory. <laughs> Which used so to be the, the number one you have seen him in the, in, in the city. Uh, in the area. Area. So uh, as, as the big drunk guy stumbling around, Judah has his mouthpiece in, takes a few steps back, runs up, jumps on the guy's back. And the scene that ensues was straight out of the Princess Bride where he has the choke <laughs> on the guy. The guy's slamming him against the wall repeatedly. <laughs> he eventually goes down, pisses himself. We drag him outside. He wakes up, bangs on the door a couple times, and then just like wanders away, drunk and disoriented. Oh, my God. That's incredible. So, I, I mean, this is a pretty physical occupation you, you, you got yourself into. Do you have to like stretch before this? And like limit well, I, I was 19 at the time, so I didn't even stretch get a the actual. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's know. weird. And I have many friends who get in bar fights and they get injured, like actual. And it's always so weird because like when you're a kid, you get injured. It's like, ah, whatever, I'll just go home and go to sleep. But when you get close to your 30s, if you get like an elbow injury or a shoulder injury, it's like a real thing where you actually have to go to the doctor. And I'm thinking like it's good that you were younger, I guess. Not, not, but the other thing, too, that people don't realize, I guess a, a public a server, service announcement, when you're drunk, you can't fight. You yeah. think you can, <laughs> but you're just like uncoordinated. Because there was nope. guys that like, again, yeah, I'm a big guy, but there's definitely guys I took out that were bigger and stronger than me, and I was only able to take them out. Like there's one guy, I remember, he was drunk, and he was in flip-flops, and he slipped in his flip-flops and allowed me enough time to slam him. And I was like, man, if that guy had sneakers on and was a little yeah. bit more sober, I don't know if I would have got him out the door myself. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> And we, remember- one of the bouncers there was actually a pro wrestler in the ECW. 
Big Bob Steele. The Big steel Man is down. Rhodes again crashes down with that elbow. And wait a minute, what's this? Now, Sir Oliver Humperdinck somehow has found a way to get inside that ring. Watch as he charges in. Bob Steele? His name was it was Bob Steele. I don't know if he was like the he wasn't like really a big name. He was a guy that would come to the shows. But this was another guy, 6'4", 360. He had a gut, but he could, he could bench over 400 pounds and everything. And this was like – this was a strip club bouncer. And strip yeah. club bouncers are a whole other level of bouncer. Yeah. They're all huge. They're all jacked. I'm pretty sure they're all on roids and, yeah. and some other illegal substances. <laughs> yeah. one, he's carding guys, and somebody gives him a fake ID. And Bob Steele takes the ID, puts it in his pocket. He's like, ah, that, 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 that's uh, not a fake ID. If you want it back, you know, give me 100 bucks. And this guy decides to swing at Big Bob Steele, which was basically the equivalent of like throwing a grape at him. So he swings <laughs> at Big Bob Steele. He ducks it, grips him up, and does a belly to back suplex on the on the pavement. And just oh. like that was like music stops. All right, the- oh. <laughs> that guy was in a noodle after that. Pete, did yes. you ever find so like when I work at Graham's? If you're working at Graham's, you're the bartender and bouncer. And then like I used to bounce at the Field House too over over Market East. And uh, so I always found that if you had a fight early in the night, you knew like, okay, there's going to be 10 fights tonight. You know what I mean? Like, it, it when, con- yeah, it, one, once things, once the mood soured, the mood was, was, was kind of soured. Yeah. You <laughs> Everyone tell on edge. Yeah. I always thought that. Yeah. Some nights it's like a UFC brawl and you're like, Jesus Christ. I remember one night we were working at Graham's and it was me and my brother, uh, asshole, and we're working the bar and uh, this kid, right? So this tells you how great Graham's is. Uh, It is the best, but (laughs) so there's there's these guys in and the one guy just got let out of prison that day and they were celebrating at Graham's, right? And there's this other kid there. This kid was like a shorter ginger kid. He was a little younger. And he was there with his girlfriend. The girlfriend was like 25 years older than him. Not very good looking, right? (laughs) So the the small ginger kid, right? He's like, he starts mouthing off to the ex-con. The ex-con was like probably like 6'2", right? Big husky guy. And he starts mouthing off saying, why are you looking at my girl? Why are you looking at my girl? And I saw this ex-con just, bam, lay this fucking ginger out, Right? drops him so right away me and tom run to the back we break it up i'm I'm like dude you need to back off right and he's like this kid hit me first and i was like okay right so (laughs) either way ginger wakes up and he starts like raising hell and he's like because he just got his ass kicked so he's like got that little man kind of it's like i'm gonna fuck you up pussy you don't know me i'm gonna call my boys we're gonna fucking kill you but like yelling all this shit so right away tom's like all right he's out of here let's go so we start dragging him out, right? And this kid is like, he's trying to claw onto everything as we're dragging him out. You know what I mean? You've had those before where they're grabbing like railings and tables and stuff. Oh, yeah. And we're like, dude, let's go. Like, you're done. Like, let's go, right? So in the whole bar at this point is so sick of this guy. And everyone we're dragging him by is like, dude, get the fuck out of here. Fuck you, man. You're a fucking bitch. Get the fuck out of here, Right. So we're dragging this guy out. We finally get him out front. We're like, dude, you're done. Like, you need to leave, right? And this kid's just like, fuck you. And then he rips the side view mirror off of a car, right? (laughs) And 
we were like, fuck, right? And so what happened is, is Grams is owned by uh, ex-cop, at least at this time, is owned by an ex-cop, right? So a lot of like cops, off-duty cops and off-duty firemen and all that stuff come into the bar. So there's this guy, uh, I won't say his name because I don't think he would like it, but we'll just call him H. So H is outside having a smoke. H is an off-duty cop. H sees the dude rip the side view mirror off the car, right? So he grabs him, jacks him up against the car next to him, and he says, look, these guys were handling it. I was just going to let him handle it, but that's destruction of public property, and I can't, right? So he's got this kid jacked up against the car, right? And the kid's like, dude, let me go. I didn't fucking do nothing. Let me go, you fucking pig, right? And <laughs> fuck. And the guy, H, H grabs, <laughs> grabs the guy like on the back of his collar, slams him into the car, and says, if you don't shut the fuck up, I'm going to pistol whip you till the backup gets here. And I'm like, fucking say one more thing, kid, please. I want to see So this kid shuts up, right? The cops come, takes the kid away. His girlfriend starts losing her mind. And she's like, this son of a bitch. Why are you guys taking him away? He didn't do anything. And she starts swinging at the cops. And she's like, she then yells, you can't take me to jail. I'm fucking pregnant, right? Let alone this lady and her boyfriend had been drinking at the bar for the last six hours while she's pregnant. What a great great moment. (laughs) So they lock her up, take her away. Then that was at like 10 o'clock. So then still had to go back in and work four more hours because the bar didn't close till two. You know what I mean? So that's just, yeah. It was a classy joint. uh, All class. Yeah. Grams used to buy only uh, patio furniture. Because the furniture would get broken all the time, and they didn't want to waste money on it, so oh they don't buy packs. You did remind me that that like as many guy fights as I like broken up, the worst fights are girl fights Agreed. because they they latch on to hair and clothes. Yep. And I just remember one time it was actually it was a girl that I think she had worked for like the she worked for Citizen Bank Park for like chicken yeah. and Pete's or whatever it was, and she I was guess like, like a, she was annoyed with not. with the customer, so she gets drunk and she starts talking shit to these other girls. The girls get into a fight. Eventually, I'm able to like break them up. But but the one girl is like real angry, and I'm like, look, I can't let you beat up this girl. So she spits in my face, and at the time I had really long hair too. So like I turned around to wipe my face. That's when she jumped on my back and started pulling on my hair, and I'm like, what the (laughs) fuck am I supposed to do? So I do the you know the reach over, grab her, and throw her down on the ground, and just kind of put my knee on her chest, and I'm like, can somebody like find a an officer? Yeah, or like a a priest, a (laughs) vibrator, like teach this chick how to like release some of her pent up frustration. Jesus. So, and let alone you're doing this while having a raging heart on the whole time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everyone knows that a girl spits in your face and pulls your hair. That's what does it for you, Petey. There, right? there was also Jeff Garcia threw a New Year's party there. And I don't know if you remember Jeff Garcia. Wait, wait, wait. Quarterback for the Eagles? Quarterback for the Eagles, yeah. Backup right. quarterback. Yeah. He was married right. to a Playboy model from right. San Francisco. Yeah. So he has this party, and it's like all these people from the sex industry, like all these porn people are there. God. And and you know how like women are with the bathroom. So like the girls are trying to go into the guy's bathroom. I'm like, yeah, you, you can't go in the guy's bathroom. I'm like, what are you gay? And I'm like, I don't think me telling you where you can urinate has any. You know, <laughs> <does> not... <laughs> how can you find that out? You know, like how could you decide yeah. that either way? Like, but, I'm not yeah. a scientist, but I don't think that's how it works. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. That must have been a fucking how many how many fake tits were there at the Jeff Garcia party? Fake tit oh, city? Man. There was there were there. There was there was enough too many and yet not enough. You know, there was <laughs> an even number. Yeah, yeah. Not, yeah, not. <laughs> yeah. 
Jesus Christ. Oddly enough, it was an odd number. One of them was missing a <laughs> boob job. Um, the old dude, that's great. I'll tell you what, too. 90%, I would always say, would you agree with this? 90% of fights in bars are, are related to a woman, i.e. like a girl says something, two guys looking at the same chick, two girls fighting, a girl gets an argument with a guy and her man has to jump in, that kind of yeah. scenario. I, I'd like, say like, a, yeah, yeah. And the other, or just someone accidentally bumped into somebody and it, oh. it's like all of a sudden this is a thing. Or it's a, Or it's like a sports thing like you would do. Yeah. 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 Or, or it's sports related. <laughs> yeah. Which happens, I think probably happens in Philadelphia more than anywhere else. People, people act like animals in bars. Uh, unbelievable. And, I, and I'm not excluding myself. I, I know that I've had my trials and tribulations, but it, it actually as you get really- older. It sucks like being like relatively sober and watching somebody who's absolutely hammered making oh. an ass out of themselves. And it's like, I just wish I wasn't as sober as I am right now watching this at least. You know? Oh yeah, it it, it it ruined like like crowded bars for me. Like for a long time, like if I was in a crowded bar, I had my head on a swivel. I'm like, all right, who's doing what? Like who's going to get into a fight? Like I'll just kind of back up into this corner and, and be ready to go. Honestly, I still don't like that scene. Give me like a quiet bar any day. Hell you yeah. Know? That's Isn't actually, you know what? I, I guess I it, there was one time I was kicked out of a bar. Actually, I remember it was. <laughs> well, it was like <laughs> I was too old for it to happen. Uh, I think I was like. 29 maybe so like it was like six seven years ago and i decided to go to the old air and express with oh all the college kids God. you're an so animal had, yeah the and, air, and the other you, thing too is yeah you know i've always express, got oh, sorry pete the air and oh, yeah. express is the paddy wagon so saint patrick's day they do this thing called the air and express where you get on a bus and you go bar hopping right, right? so yeah. it, it's a nightmare okay sorry go ahead pete well, and to give you some lead in, so like I, I discovered a long time ago when I was drunk that if you acted like you were supposed to be somewhere, people just kind of let you do it, especially like when you're large and, and <laughs> tall. So like, you know, like, it, like, I, yeah, if I would go to a bar and there was a window open, I would just walk through the window and like acted like I worked there and then just skip the line. And, you know, this it I'd never gotten, in, you know, caught with it. So, you know, we're, we're at the Air and Express. We're at Cavanaugh's and there's a huge line to get in the door and I don't want to wait in the line. So I, I pull my usual move. No pushback. I'm like, oh, sweet. Okay. <laughs> Three hours later, I'm a little drunker. I'm, I'm a little covered in beer and sweaty. And I try and pull the same move. And it's like, oh, you can't do that. I'm like, what the fuck do you mean you can't do that? So I start trying to push through the bouncer like like, like the asshole that I was being. Right. And eventually, they, uh, they they get me onto the ground. And the one guy go, goes to like put a, put a leg in. And since I had wrestled, I caught the leg and I threw it over and I just hear him yell, he's a wrestler. And three other bouncers come <laughs> and jump on top of me and just flatten me out. And I'm like, Oh shit. They knew. That's so good. <laughs> they knew my tricks. That is great. Dude. And that was uh, my, my only time ever getting in trouble with, with, with bouncers or any kind of law. Remember this, but uh, my brother asshole actually threw you out of grams one night. He didn't throw you out. But he refused to serve you because I was uh, I was hanging out with a chick I was dating at the time and me and her were hanging out and Pete was there and Pete, Pete was Pete had had a few and a few a few. Right. So I was like, Pete, let's go to Graham's and you just walk in and do a cartwheel. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So Pete wore this thing called rape coat and rape coat was like this big trench coat that we had that a rapist (laughs) So Pete is so Pete. I'm sorry to throw you under the bus, Pete. 
but you're, I was, I was dating a girl at the time who was four foot 11. Right. <laughs> and she's a little tiny Italian thing. And so we're get to the place at the Grams and I go to walk in and like open the door. So Pete can come flying in doing his cartwheels. Right. <laughs> I open the door and look back and the, this little four foot 11 Italian girl is trying to help Pete out of the car and she can't lift him up. So and she's like, help me please. So I go grab Pete. I was like, Oh fuck. All right, let's go. So I get Pete on his feet. I smack him on the ass. I'm like, you ready pal? And he's like, let's do it. And so I open the door. Pete does three perfect cartwheels in a row, flies into the bar, stands there. And Tom's like, yeah, you're this. I mean, at my brother, asshole. <laughs> like, yeah, this isn't happening. And he's like, you got to take him home. I was like, we were living together at the time. I was like, we were headed there anyways. So, yeah. <laughs> Put Pete back in the car, headed home. And that was that. So that was, yeah. Rape coat. Three Perfect cartwheels while wearing a rape trench coat. I was very good at cartwheels at the time. Must have been Must have been quite a spectacle. You can do a one-handed cartwheel. Do you think your brother was jealous of of this display of athleticism? I think the world was jealous. Absolutely. I I think most people are jealous. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's why Tom kicked me out of the bar was pure jealousy. It had nothing to do with the inebriation or loss. He's served way more intoxicated people than you were that night. It was complete jealousy. Yeah, he saw a better-looking peacock flocking up his feathers, and he was like, I can't have this. Not in my watering hole. Not not in his roost. Not in his – yeah, exactly. Not in his roost. Oh, absolutely. So uh, another question about bouncing Pete. So while bouncing and bartending, I've heard some uh, quite slanderous things thrown at myself and other people, right? What is the worst thing? Because I have a story of, of someone told me about the worst thing someone has ever said. But do you have a good thing where someone's yelled something at the bouncer that was like really, really fucked up? Uh trying to think like i've been called like an asshole and a piece of shit and fuck you and like all that stuff like a million times you know what i mean but so here i'll give you the story i know my buddy my buddy uh mikey potts right mikey potts was in rittenhouse square at a bar right he's in rittenhouse square at a bar rittenhouse square is one of the richest parts of the city of philadelphia if not the richest right rittenhouse square is total hoity-toity ritzy stuff right Mm -hmm. so he's in a bar square and there's like this like i guess he was like indian duty set or something like that and the one of the bouncers was this big black guy right so this indian dude gets mouthy and all this stuff right and so they end up throwing out the indian dude and as he's throwing he starts walking away and he's like fuck you and i think he said calls him the n-word and stuff to the black guy and he keeps walking and then he says fuck you n-word if this was a hundred years ago I would have owned you, right? And I like, and Mike was like, "Holy shit!" And Mike was standing there and goes to the bouncer. He's like, "Dude, can you believe he said that? Like, what the fuck?" And the bouncer says to him, "Yeah, I've heard worse." And I was like, <laughs> "Heard worse? Heard worse than f you n word a hundred years ago? I would have owned you. There's worse than that, you know." So yeah, <laughs> that's one of the worst things I've ever. Heard. Yeah, that's a tough one to top. I think there is topping it. So. I don't know as as white as white dudes if we could hear anything worse than that. I would love I would love to hear what the bouncers heard that was worse than that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think the worst was just like one time I was 
like I got in an argument with somebody, I was kicking him out. And he was like, you're going to eat those words and they're not going to be as delicious as you think, fatty. And I'm like, that was really witty for, for a drunk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what a dick. Who makes yeah. a witty comment? Yeah, go fuck him. <laughs> All right. So, okay. So good, good on the, on the, so you bounced for a number of years while finishing up at school. Did you get, you got, you got your, uh, what'd you get major in for your diploma? What'd you get your diploma? Accounting. I got, I was an accountant. Okay. So I started out as an engineering major, but they call it pre-business because everyone was, everyone drops out and, and joins the business school. So that was me. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Didn't like engineering, got my accounting degree and, and became an accountant. People don't know this, but you're quite the numbers guy. You've always been pretty good with the numbers. Yeah, I can. Uh, I can add some stuff up. I can. I can divide. I know how to use an Excel spreadsheet better than most. Yeah, well, you plus me equals us, pal. I always knew that. <laughs> so, uh, okay. So, Pete, you're done at college, um, and you're out of college. You and me start the uh, the summer of a lifetime again. Senior year, summer of high school is pretty good. Senior year, summer of college is pretty good. Uh, pretty much all the summers were pretty good. But uh, so, Pete, when did you? When was your first office job? Yeah, that would be like yeah, the right right after I graduated college, so June of two thousand and eight. Where were you working at? I got a job at a company called uh, Global Tax Management, which is a is that the one that was in Wayne? Yep, yeah, in Wayne. Okay. Yep. I remember that because I remember we were living together at the time in Manion and I was working at a bar in Wayne and we were both driving to work one day and we would take 76 and Pete was right next to me on 76 the whole time, like blaring his horn and all these things and trying to get my attention. And I think <laughs> I was like listening to music or was just zoned out, didn't hear him once until we got <laughs> off the exit. And I was like, dude, have you been there the whole time? And he's like, yeah. And he's like exhausted from like blowing the horn and waving at me and stuff. But yeah, so either way. So I remember you worked at Global Tax Management. So I always thought going from a, I was in a, uh, like I worked in the service industry and everything like that, going from the service industry to an office job and the difference between office politics and like normal work, I would say was to me i still i can't stand it office politics to me is the worst do you have a lot of that when it comes to the accounting because to me i feel like you guys like it's not a lot of like on the phone stuff right it was a lot of like number crunching and things like that and then you know like you would get up and chat at the water cooler and things like that but it's really like it's not a lot of you know the other stuff am i right yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely like completely different than the service industry. Um, yeah. I mean, like you'll hang out and have happy hours with people, but I don't think you're like as I don't know. Like in the service industry, it's a little I don't want to say incestuous, but everyone oh. knows everyone. A lot of people date. Like it's it's yeah. kind of common. Yeah. So you, you're around people all the time. Whereas yeah. like in an office job, you know, you do your nine to five, and you might do the occasional happy hour, and like you do make friends, but it's not like you're all hanging out all the time after work after the shift's over. Yeah. You know, but it's also because you're working nine to five. It's not like you're getting off at nine. There's nothing to do. So it's like, okay, let's grab a couple of beers. You know, yeah. you just kind of, you know, just kind just, of doing your thing. Yeah, exactly. And a big contrast, a big contrast that I like, you're kind of maybe scratching on is I think that in the service industry, every single position at a bar or what, any kind of service job is like, it has to exist. Like mm -hmm. if you work at a bar, 
and you're a bouncer or a busboy or whatever, and they could get away with not having you there, they would. Like they, we would oh, love yeah. to not have to pay you to be here, but you absolutely have to be here or our this place is going to burn to the ground or we're going to go out of business. And yeah. when you work white collar jobs or if you work in an office, unless you're a part of sales or a part of accounting for the most part, you have to like every day basically prove that you still need to be there and like you need to sell yourself in, in a lot of ways. Like I work in marketing and every single day of marketing is I really hope my boss doesn't like have a revelation that he doesn't need me today. You know, like, yeah. like, Hey, why don't I just fire the entire marketing department and save thousands and thousands of dollars? Well, you, you know what it is? So like I, it was public accounting. So basically I was the product, right? I was providing the service. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're communicating with clients and like, if you, if you give out a shitty project, yeah, like you, you could get fired. Like it, it basically like if, if someone, you know, you know, buy buys a, an oven and it doesn't work. They're not going to keep the oven. So if, if you get an account and he, and he sucks at being an account, like, hey, you're you're going to be out of a job. Um, what? So okay, so I understand like the basic formula of you go to work, you do your thing, you get paid, you leave, right? But what is so like if you're how do you make your money as an accountant? I know, and I remember you telling me about the busy season, tax season. And I remember seeing you basically sleeping in the office and glued to your computer but what is like so how are you make like do you get a salary are you paid for like the number of clients you work for like how's it work so it's salary you know like you're a salaried employee but like you bill out hours it's all about billable hours so basically they you know the, the the level above you finds the clients and then they give you the work and then you just do the work and then you bill it and if you're not billing out more than you cost you're going to get fired. And then if you, but the other thing too, is like, if you bill out more than he costs, it's not like you, you might get like, there are bonuses, but you're never going to get what your billable hours are. Yeah. Um, unless you go out and do it on your own, but then you have to be able to, you know, do sales, go, go through rough patches. Yeah. And then, yeah, for tax, there's obviously busy seasons, you know, like it, this is tax season. So we need to do, and then there's the quarterly, you know, exercises, but yeah, there, there's busy times and down times. Yeah. Do you do like, so I, one thing about, so office, there is some perks, right? Coming from like a service industry and things like that. I never had the, what is called PTO, which is the greatest creation in the history of the world, right? <laughs> if you work at a, if you work at a bar, right? Or a restaurant, if you don't work, you don't get paid. You know what I mean? So I had never gotten fully the concept of like, wait, 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 wait. I don't have to go in and I can still get paid, you know, like that never, I could never pick that up until it happened. And now it's like, how did I ever live without PTO? Like taking like a half day, you know what I mean? Or like just waking up and like, you know, if an emergency happened, an emergency and you have to take off that day and just sleeping, you know what I mean? Like that's the best. And let's all be honest. We've all worked in an office where we had a day where like, yeah, we're not doing shit today. You know what I mean? So oh, yeah, you definitely had those those uh, those Wikipedia days where you're just like, <laughs> that's, I'm terrified to look on my computer. I'm terrified to look up anything really because like I don't know how they do it at your job. I don't know if they do it at my job where they really audit it. But I'm like I would never like it. Was, I remember when Pete when we lived together, 
he had a laptop and I was like, dude, can I use your laptop for fantasy or whatever? You know what I mean? Fantasy football and stuff. He's like, yeah, that's cool. Just you can't ever look at porn on here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, I wasn't gonna. He's like, please, dude, please, please don't. There's a separate laptop that's just for porn, but this is my work laptop. Like no one can look at porn here. And I'm like, all right, well, then we won't look at porn anymore. My, I'm sorry. Yeah. My, my rule set has expanded beyond just the, the porn rule now. <laughs> 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 my career. Now I can't let anybody use my uh, my computer. I yeah, have actual like, like, sensitive yeah. information. Oh, really? Oh, well, I guess like if you're doing it for a business, yeah. Like you'd have yeah. – did you have to go through that training in the office where it's like we had to do like – it's like the – you know, the the what are they called the, when you're – uh, it's HR, right? Oh it's yeah, like, all the HR, yeah, like uh, the, where they train you uh, not to rape your coworkers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, please do yeah. not rape. Do not use racial slurs, and do not give away sensitive office material. Yeah, you don't know? don't steal this. Uh, don't yeah. don't give that information. Yeah, they had like mine had like videos that were like movies. You know what I mean? That they like did. You know what I'm saying? Like and then they give you like scenarios. They're like, "Oh, Becky yeah. like has a short skirt. Should you like compliment her or just ignore it?" And you're like, "What? Like, like yeah, Becky. Becky's got a troll face. I wouldn't look at her anyway." Yeah, <laughs> no, but so, but uh, <clears throat> I remember too. So this was like a number of years ago. So when Pete started working at the accounting firm, we were living together at the same time, and we also started going to this place called Henzo Gracie Pennsylvania Academy, the Henzo Gracie PA Academy, right? So me and Pete would go train there for like, they had like boxing and Brazilian jiu-jitsu and wrestling and Muay Thai and like all these different things. So that's when me and Pete started to head there and train. I guess that was what, 08 maybe, Pete? 07, 08, right? Maybe yeah, 08? I think it was like 08 or 09. Yeah, we started training there. And Pete was going there and there and just destroying guys. We had this thing on Sundays. So when guys were in camp for, for fights, right, we would help them with the training. And one of the things we would do, it was like, it was like a stations, right? So let's say the state there's, I think there was like seven different stations, right? Mm -hmm. So the one station was me in the boxing ring and you had to box me for a round. Then as soon as you got done with me, you go out of the boxing ring. Then you had to go and do wall drills with Pete or cage drills, as they call them, where Pete has you pinned up against the cage and you have to try to escape and get out and fight off the cage. Right. Gee. Then you would go. Yeah. Then you would go from there to you would have jujitsu, a jujitsu round where you would go with Rich Lada, who's the owner of the gym, who's one of the best jujitsu black belts in the world. Right. And you would have to go with him. Then from there you had like a conditioning round where you were doing like nonstop pull-ups or something. Then from there you had like a wrestling round where you would go against this guy, Doug Steiner, who was one of the best, who was a, a college wrestler at Lock Haven and like a really good stud wrestler. And you'd have to wrestle him for a round. Then you go to a round where we had a heavy bag that we had taken off the hooks that you would, you would, you would pick up the heavy bag. It was like a 150 pound heavy bag. You'd pick up the heavy bag You'd have to jog with it across the gym. You'd have to do a double leg takedown slam, then pick it back up, jog it back to the gym, double leg takedown slam, the nonstop for a whole round, and then you were back in the ring with me. And you would do that like that was like like three hours. We're doing that. 
right? That's and it's just brutal. nonstop. It's not, frankly, it sounds like it sucks. I, I would never want to do this. <laughs> yeah, I remember. So here's a good story. Pete, you'll, Pete, you'll remember this. So uh, we were training. Uh, one of the guys there, his name was Joe. I forget his last name. But Joe was a prison guard at Greaterford, right? And Joe, Joe was taller than you, wasn't he, Pete? He was a big guy. Yeah. He was probably like 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, yeah, 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, and he had, he was a solid 250, 260, right? And he was like, he, he didn't have a lot of fat on him. He was, he was pretty well, he was pretty well put together. And he was in the round, like he was doing a boxing round with me in the ring. And like, I think it was like the, it was like his second or third time through. So we had already had a round. And I remember in the round before I smoked him with this left hook and I was like, oh baby, I fucking crushed him. Right. <laughs> then the, <laughs> the next round he comes back. The next round he comes back and I remember we, he had me up again, we're, we're going and I'm up against the ropes. Right. And he threw, or, and I threw this like kind of loopy right hand and he ducked it and he hit me with a body shot that that is like knock on wood. It's the only time I've ever been dropped with a body shot, but I was fucking dropped with a body shot. He fucking crushed me. I thought right? Matt was dead. I've never seen him react to anything like that in my entire oh, life. Because I was like, dude, I remember. Because I remember. Well, oh, I had and, and so, 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 so Matt drops just in complete pain, like can't even think. <laughs> and everyone's yelling at him, get out of the ring. We're still training because they're still doing their circuits. Yeah. And they're like, he's in there and finish boxing Joe. Roll yeah. Matt outside of the ring. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I was like, uh, like, because it takes like a minute to recover. You know what I mean? Like, so oh, yeah. I, I remember when I fought in the cage, I got caught with a knee there and I almost went down. But Joe's was Joe fucking smoked me there. Man, you're and giving away like, all your secrets now. That's your I, that's well, your little weak spot. Hey, fucking come on and try it. Yeah, yeah try next right time. Head. Next time I'm in yeah. town, I'm gonna I'm gonna try next that. Next time I th- next time I throw that ginger out of the bar. Let's hope he doesn't see <laughs> it. But uh, it was so, the mirror. Yeah, but he fucked, dude. Like it was one. It was like a. I, I when I see it in my mind, it's like I picture it from Rocky, like when Rocky's punching the guy to the body and it lifts his feet off the ground. You know what I mean? <laughs> Obviously, it wasn't that. He fucking smoked me because what happens mm-hmm. is, like, he hit it and I was like, Ugh. and then like a couple seconds go by and then I'm like, oh, that's what happens. Uh. And you're just like, dude, you're paralyzed. I remember being like. I think I'm going to fucking die. <laughs> we had only been at the, like me and well, Pete, Pete was a member before I was, but not for long. And then we were only members at the gym for like half a year. And I was like, God damn it. I've got <laughs> dropped in the training in fucking half a year. But you know, it is what it is. I think I've made up for it since then. But yeah. So me and Pete were training there, doing all these things. Pete was actually competing in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu tournaments. And how many? How many did you win, Pete? Three, four. I only did one, and I won it. I, I went to one tournament. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! You're underselling like a son of a bitch here. Like, well, the I'm, thing, like, uh, I, at practice, I beat like most people. But like, yeah. the thing is, is like, it costs money to do these things, right? Like, yeah. it's like a hundred dollars enter a tournament, and I was pretty poor at the time. Like, I, you know, I had yeah. like. Uh, Graduated yeah, like yeah, seventy yeah. grand. Yeah, yeah. So I'm paying a hundred dollars a month already mm-hmm. to train. Yeah. But yeah, I, I went to the one tournament. I, I won it fairly easily. And then they yeah, then they talked to me about like doing more tournaments and everything. But yeah. I was like, well, but I don't really like working out that much. Yeah. So, and now and now like, that you like are 
you know, comfortable enough to do them, you know, financially, you don't feel like it, right? Like, well, do the training. I, I, yeah. I actually can't train anymore because I, I had a pulmonary embolism like three years ago. Oh, my. I had oh, blood clots in my lungs. So now I'm on what? blood thinners for life. Yeah. So, so now there is no more, uh, no, no contact sports, no heavy lifting. But what? But a, but I'm maybe. a mortal schlub like, like, like the rest of you. What the fuck, man? Hold on. How did, so wait, was it from like smoking cigarettes and stuff or what? No, nothing. Like it, it was just like I was, uh, I thought I, um, I was getting out of breath just doing like normal things for about two weeks. Yeah. And then one day I was at work and I walked to the bathroom and I got real out of breath. I'm like, holy fuck, I think I like pneumonia or something. So I call an Uber and I, I go to an urgent care center at Jefferson and they give me an EKG and they're like, um, we don't think you're having a heart attack. But I'm like, well, that's not a good way to start. A, oh, my. Like, <laughs> yeah, we don't, yeah, we don't yeah. think this is a heart attack, but here's some baby aspirin. And they, they put me in an ambulance. I And I was actually supposed to go meet my uh, my now wife, girlfriend at the time, and my mom at a Phillies game that night. And so I, I text them and I'm like, hey, uh, you know, don't, don't freak out, but uh, I'm in an ambulance on my way to the the emergency room. Oh, they, man. They, they don't think I'm having a heart attack, but that's all they've told me. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. So then they, you know, they, they, do the, uh, they, they do their scans and they realize that I had these blood clots in my lungs. And uh, apparently it was pretty serious. Like they put me in the ICU right away, which was actually pretty sweet because it was like NBA playoffs and my girlfriend wasn't real big into watching sports. So I got to, you know, and we only had one TV. I got to like chill out and watch LeBron. (laughs) (laughs) So so this was a few years ago. So what was this? Like LeBron last year with the Cavs? Was this before box bachelor party or after? Before box bachelor party. Yeah, it may. I'm trying to think. Was it was it before mine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was like 2017 or 2016. So wait, this happened before my bachelor party. Do you remember oh, yeah. my bachelor party? Shake. Oh yeah. Shake was in stupid California at my bachelor party. Oh yeah, I did some FaceTime. Yeah, I did some some live work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but uh, we uh, at, at my bachelor party we ended up doing uh, whitewater rafting and paintball and it was i had no idea you were on blood thinners and yeah actually a, looking back that probably wasn't the smartest idea on my part no because dude we almost died on those rapids <laughs> well you guys then, almost died i know how to swim <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i forgot you're a pheasant run flyer swimmer i yeah, grew up dude. swimming so like Honestly, I thought it was the greatest thing ever because I was so hungover from the day before oh, that we as we kept fucked. falling into this cold water, I'm like, thank you, cold water. Please don't leave yeah. me. Yeah. That was, dude, when you would take a bucket and just dump it on your head, that felt so good. We were so <laughs> hungover, but then our adrenaline was so, yeah, like, because we yeah. went to the Lehigh Valley Gorge or, yeah, Lehigh Valley Gorge, and they let go of the Lehigh Valley Dam. And so the rapids were like, I don't know if there's, like, well, let's it, say there's, Four it was also an unusual weekend, man. I don't know if you remember this, but like the next on Monday, there was a news story because of all the missing rafters because they all got out of the water and like walked back because it got too too rough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Halfway through, they quit, and we were like, we just dude because they. I guess there's like let's say there's four different levels of rapids or classes. We were on like three out of four, and like dude, one dude broke his leg. Do you remember that guy? Yeah, so I like, broke his leg. One one was, couple thought it was fun to bring their young kids who cried the oh, entire time. The entire time. Dude, I remember <laughs> this is a great this is great. So we're going down this river, right? And it, like at this time, because Pete was in one raft and I was in another raft, and it was like me, Bach, uh, my buddy Some Deep, and my uh, asshole brother. 
And we're and in Tom, this rap- just, just to let Tommy know how this started off. The first rapid we go to, Matt's <laughs> boat flips over and we run over his brother's head. <laughs> oh, like oh, trap! Like, like we run over his head where his head's between our raft and a rock. Yeah. And this was after the, the instructor explained to us why he has a helmet and we don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Very beginning. Very, very beginning. First, very, very first, first, like hours of rafting ahead of you. Yeah. So we well, so they do like an instructional thing before, and they tell you like, look, when you're going, you're gonna hit rocks, but you can't move because if you move, like say if you're going to hit a rock and all of us go to one side of the boat, then the side that's hitting the rock is lighter than the other side. And what it does is the boat does the boat goes up the rock and it flips. Yeah. Right. So first rock we're going into and everyone's like, all right, guys, we're going to hit this. Just take the bump and we'll be good. And it's not bad. It's like a bumper car. Right. You know, mm-hmm. but the first one we go into, it's uh, my buddy, some deep and he doesn't take the bump and he jumps onto my side of the raft. And <laughs> as soon as we hit the rock, and it was at this time, it was me, uh, my asshole brother, Bach, some deep, and my, my brother-in-law, Marcel, were in the boat. The boat flips, right? Very first rapids, the boat flips. I remember I, like, nailed my legs on these rocks under the water. And, like, <laughs> dude, we're, like, coming up, like, holy shit. And the other raft is like, guys, guys, are you all right? Like, we had, like, a bucket. We lost an oar. Like, all this stuff went flying everywhere right our boat just goes down the river we eventually had to like catch a ride and get back in our boat and like all this stuff right so we get back in like we get back in the boat and at this point marcel had gotten in the boat with the other guys and they're like all right marcel uh we'll take you back to the boat and he's like i'm never getting back in that boat again and we (laughs) it was me yeah so it was me, Tom, Pete, and or me, Tom, me, my asshole brother, Bach, and some people, right? So the four of us are in this boat. And so the we were on the water for what, like six hours, Pete? God, it was four hours, maybe. I think it was like, yeah, like probably about 60 minutes. Now <laughs> it was a couple of hours. It was enough yeah. where they packed this lunch. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. We it was like we did the morning, it was like probably like 10 to 12. We ate lunch at 12 and then like 1230 to 2:30. Right. So we're coming down to the end. Right. We just saw a guy break his leg, snap it. And we're going into the, what the instructor guy said was the largest rapids there were. And also it was torrential downpour. It was raining like cats and dogs. Right. So I remember going into this like you're fucking adrenaline. You are going. I'm like, let's go. Fucking everyone, everyone lives. Let's go. And like, but everyone at this point, like we had honed in, we're calling out orders, right? So if you're in the back of the boat, you got to steer. If you're in the front of the boat, you got to row and like do all these things. And we're yelling all this stuff like, go left, go right, all these things. And so we're like going nuts, right? We see these guys in the boat. They're just like, eh, whatever, right? And I remember they got stuck on a rock. And I remember hearing Bell specifically say, well, I guess we live here now. And <laughs> so but either way so we're going down and we're like struggling there's the boat next to us with the family where it's like a dad and i guess this his his new wife and three young kids and the kids are bawling hysterically the dad's trying to keep it all together thinking this is a fun day for the family right the ambulance is carting away the guy that broke his leg then there's like another group of people that are just barely hanging on and then i look to my right and i see this asian family just like they they could be sitting having a cup of tea they were just <laughs> coasting down the river 
nothing bothering them. Everything's fine. And we're just looking at them like, what the? And they just had like the time of their lives. I don't know why they were so good at it, but just. So they were skilled? Yeah, they were just nonplussed. Some people know how to listen to instructions, and, and those yeah, people yeah. do well. <laughs> when yeah, those they, instructions are important, yeah. they, they, they excel. Yeah. We, uh, if you're not going to take instructions and you're doing something where instructions are important, you're like, oh, fuck. Dude, we, I, and then, like, I remember uh, after we got done with the, the rapids that we barely survived, but after we had, uh, after we got done with the rapids, we got on a bus, we go back to the house, and then we went to play paintball against the fucking JV Navy SEALs, all right? These guys, I remember, like, getting shot in the face right away, right in the face, losing right away and i remember walking back to like the timeout place after you're you're out because you got shot and i just see pete walking up in his camo jumpsuit with like six bullets just all over the front of him he just got smoked so tell me number one the uniform they gave you my camouflage uniform was the size that you would wear (laughs) so i had a complete wedgie and my balls are separated so i'm just like uncomfortable and like my shins are showing, like so I'm in all camo yeah. except for my shins yeah. and my white socks showing because it's <laughs> it was a, it was a zip up the front and it and yeah. It, now is this an honest mistake up. or is this sabotaged by the paintball people? They think no, it's funny no, to no, give no, tall guys. They had this was the biggest. This is why guys my size don't use rentals for anything. Like you have to buy <laughs> because the one size fits all does not fit all. It fit it fits some, it fits not most. All. But, uh, not all. And, and I think this was a u- unique problem for me. But as soon as I put on the mask and I took one breath, it fogged up. And I'm like, oh, oh fuck. So yeah. right away, <laughs> yeah. so I clearing my mask every like two seconds and, and I'm a big yeah. target. And yeah, yeah I, I enjoyed the rapids more than the paintball, to tell you the <laughs> truth. Because <laughs> at least yeah. I hung, cured my hangover. Dude, yeah. Plus two, we got blitzed the night before. We had to be at the rapids at like 9 a.m. And then after we're done at the rapids, we go to the paintball. And then after the paintball, we were just all like so tired. We just came home and have a couple drinks and we we're just like, all right, you know what I mean? So it's just like, oh, this was fun. But uh, yeah, we're all exhausted. Yeah, I, th- <laughs> I think bachelor parties are really tough because when you plan them, you expect it to be whatever the best moment of the weekend is. You expect it to be that the entire time. Yeah. And when it's not that, you get really disappointed but then inevitably awesome stuff still happens, you know? Yeah. Like, let me go back to this thing. But if you just let it, if you just let it go organically, you yeah, just let it happen. Yeah. Yeah. I had like 15 people at mine and it was like chaotic and I get real cranky real quick as I usually do. And by the end of the weekend, I was thinking, Oh, this actually was awesome. And like, I had a great time. Plus two, it's tough to corral like 15 people going all yep. over the place and like, Pete, uh, I know speaking for myself, but I'm sure Shake would agree. You're definitely going to be a repeat, repeat offender. We're going to have you back on because we didn't even get to the story that Shake really wanted to hear yes. about. You ran for uh, school president when we, oh, were, man. When we were seniors and a robbery. I think, yeah. they, I think they, they say it's a, uh, it, it stop the steal. There was nobody there to stop my steal. Stop the steal. Yeah. Oh, they're missing ballots. There, uh, well, that—that's the, the thing of it. More is that we cheated and they didn't give it to me, so they must have cheated yes. more than we did. Yeah, because we Matt definitely, stole we definitely like at least two hundred ballots and stuffed that yeah. ballot box. So I'm like, wait a minute. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we you absolutely have to come back and uh, and lay down this whole story because I, 
my brother told me this story and he and he regales me with it. He loves this story. Because it, <laughs> anything that flies in the face of like student government and making, you know, making these these SGA people look like idiots, I, I'm a hundred percent in favor of. Well they they didn't realize how dumb I could get. <laughs> and he didn't you didn't realize how like because I remember, because he would give it like that, he would have to give his speech, but in segments. Like you would go, you would have to give it like a couple times throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And I remember I went and saw it twice, and both times got a standing ovation when he yeah. was there. Man, we're, yeah. now we're leaving the people wanting more. What a cliffhanger! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. So, all right. Well, this is the end, uh, Pete. Can't tell you how great it was having you on. Um, I hope you had a fun time. Uh, I really can't wait to have you back. I think Shake would agree. You are an excellent guest. And I know people can't see this, but they don't know we're doing this on a video chat. You're just stunning to look at, as always. Yeah. Modest, too. And uh, so, well, so, all right. So, cool. So, this is the end of the podcast. So uh, my name is Matt Lavelle. His name's Tom Byers. Our guest today was Peter Joseph McCormick III. This is the Working Perspectives podcast, and this is the end, so stop your shit.